All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted. I, I, I swear, every time, I don't know why, I always want to call it Unsubscribe, which is a horrible name for a podcast. <laughs> it's, welcome to Unscripted, one-on-one, and a uh, very special guest again tonight. Um, now, before we get started, I got one question for my guest, and that is, where do you want to go? Where do you go when you want to get live? Beha, beha. <laughs> <laughs> Those go, who are where? seeing this will absolutely know. Uh, where, we just, where, went, where, we just where? went back to the 216. Uh, my brother, my friend, Darren Carter is my special guest tonight. So I just want to make sure we were still on the same page. It's been it's been a minute since we were in high school, but uh, uh, yeah. But man, Darren, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll go from there. I am to use the term of Ohio State University, the Darren W. Carter. Um, <laughs> Hey man, I'm 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 just nobody trying to do a little bit of something. As you say, we went to school together. Um, right now, I'm doing some things. I've started a little venture out in barbecue, which has kind of been my passion for a while. Uh, founded a group called Cleveland Dads Group here in Cleveland, and you actually got that one in Columbus as well. It's under the auspices of umbrella group called City Dads. And, you know, just dealing with fatherhood, helping fathers, young fathers, old fathers. Um, we've been able to do some things with different brands as well. And it's been a good thing. Of course, COVID, not all of that out, but we're going to, you know, we'll try to get back together. Um, up here, I also tried to do a uh, bike event. I did a bike event for a few years called Our Get Up. We couldn't do it again this year because of COVID. Um, but it's held at a local elementary school. And it's like a family affair. You know, the kids bring their bikes. Uh, we go on a family bike ride, pedal, not motor. And um, they have like safety town, the local police come, their bike unit comes and, you know, they help us out, do tips, tricks, all that kind of stuff. And it's a pretty good event, but um, yeah, I've been closed down pretty much this year. Yeah. Pretty much this year. But other than that, I'm a husband of 21 years and uh, I'm a father. We are foster parents and adoptive parents as well. So, you know, I'm just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why? I mean, why? At else least in my in, in my head, in my head. <laughs> why else would you be on this? I mean, right? <laughs> no, that that's uh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a Raiders fan, man. Sorry, I know. I know. I, I know. I know. It's okay. <laughs> so he just showed a, a Cleveland Browns cup for those on the podcast, but. Uh, it's all good, man. It, nothing but love in my heart for all things Cleveland, uh, forever and always. So, um, but uh, I, and so this is a reunion of sorts. Um, I think five years ago, uh, it's been it's been a minute there as well uh, since we had a class reunion. I think is last. Time. Well, no, I think you guys were in town. I can't remember if that was before or after that. Uh, you all. I think. I think the reunion was after a little yeah. bit after, um, and that was our. 20th 25th <laughs> was it the 25th are you sure it was i'm positive because okay. i was back and forth on going and and i thought for i thought for sure the 25th was going to be like the big one and i missed the 20 and uh, 20 was more elaborate it was huge i think yeah. it was huge so i saw 20 and i'm like man 25 is going to be a blowout and i went in there it, it just it wasn't nearly as big so <laughs> no, it, it, just, it just i mean i guess after a while, uh, I mean, what? I mean, people are in their third marriages, five babies, <laughs> um, you know, three or four jobs. I, 
the, the new, I guess the nuance wears off. I mean, we're coming up on 30, so um, it'd be interesting how that, how that, you know, how that comes up. But yeah, well, the team does a good job. I mean, they did a great job that night. I had a blast, honestly. I had a, I, I had was a part of the team. Yeah, I got there late. I got there late, but but I I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I got home late because I drove home that night after. Um, but uh, but had a great time, and uh, and the team does a good job. So uh, always good, you know, getting back to uh, to them Cleveland roots, and uh, especially you know Bedford. Uh, I don't I don't get back too much too often now, and uh, that's just a shame. <laughs> I got more coming. I got the unscripted has got some more Bedford coming in the pipeline. I've got some names that are going to, we're going to have a good time. So, uh, I, you know, I stick true to my roots. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that well. Um, my roots are in the 216 and they will never, uh, never be pulled out ever. So for sure. So, so tell us, tell us a little bit about, um, let's start with, you mentioned it, adoption and family. What's, what's, uh, can you tell that story a little bit? What's happening with your family? So, we, for the longest, um, my wife and I, we wanted to conceive. We couldn't for her. Seems like a myriad of reasons that never happened. And I was not really up for adopting a child. You know, back then I was younger, dumber. I want my own seed. Boom, you know. My seed and her eggs wasn't working. (laughs) Whatever, you know. So, we, it just went on in we eventually um, got a godson in our life. Um, we actually held him in my hands at the uh, second day that he was born. And for the longest time, uh, he was the only father. I was the only father that he knew. Um, long story short to that one, unfortunately, that didn't turn out as well. I mean, we we basically raised him since he was six or seven. and. Um, on the constant, I have not seen him. Our family hasn't seen him for like two years. I think, you know, you've seen many pictures of him back in the day on Instagram or whatever, you've seen him. Um, gotta work that out, it, it'll come out, but it's fine. But during that process, uh, my wife and I even separated twice, not twice, once, for about two years, which our family just caused us to live in at two different residences, but you know, we did separate. Um, and she became, during that time, she became a foster parent. So when we did reconcile and get back together, I could not not be one because I'm in the same house. You have to register and do or whatever. But during that time and all that, since uh, we had started to raise our godson who turned son, um, I, you know, <clears throat> the wisdom in me was like, you have love for children. Children need it. If there is a place for it, let it be. So, you know, we both became fosters and um, we had a couple and then we had a little boy and he's still upstairs. We had him at uh, two months um, and now he's four. So about to go five, but we ended up adopting him um, after two years old. And we've had a couple of, and we actually have a place now, a one-year-old dude. One year old. I just, I just, remember, I told you these were well earned. <laughs> um, but the, the the point there's been a lot of hurt there. You know, when somebody would come or go. But the point of the matter is, um, and I tell people, well, yeah, I can't do the foster parents. I get attached. Well, we want you to get attached because you we want you to treat them as a, as your own child. They need that. 
They need to be comforted. They need to be loved. They need to feel that they're safe. And even if you do that for someone for a moment, that's a lasting seed. Hopefully somebody down the road will water that. But you've been planted in something that can never be taken away from in whatever circumstances that they come from. Yeah. If you can bear that and help heal um, their traumas, you know, which is just a one day at a time step because, you know, that's, they just deal with so much of that. You know, just love it. Just love the child. And there's a lot of children out there that are in the system that need to be loved. And we don't have enough foster parents, period. We don't have enough foster parents of color. Um, we don't have enough people to open their homes to needed kids because of, unfortunately, some stereotypes about foster kids, which are some are true, but it, it doesn't encompass everybody, as you know. Everything is not general and it's, nothing is a monolith. So, um, so that's my PSA for somebody out there that's listening to you to be a foster parent. <laughs> so we, got, we uh, deal with SAFI and they are a national organization, but they're also uh, statewide here. You got one in Columbus as well. Um, but the county or there are other agencies, um, you know, take a look, see, because uh, there are a lot of children, again, there are a lot of children that are just needing that love. And that comes with correction, that comes with adoration, that comes with lifting up, all of that, you know, what our parents gave us, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, you know, what our parents gave us. So, yeah, and that's how we got that. So now, you know, my, my wife loves infants. I don't know why, because it's harder to give an infant back. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that's why little man is upstairs now. But um, yeah. well, I love watching, her for watching the pictures on uh, Instagram and social media. And, and I love all that you're doing, which I think led to uh, that next passion and question for you was, is the, the dad group that you're a part of. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yep. Um, that came out of, I've always wanted to do something like that. It was odd when, um, um, my godson, when we had had him, we was little, that's how actually the, um, bike event came up, all geared up a family bike event. He was trying to ride his tricycle while I was walking down. He was like, yeah, um, can we get a bike ride with all the dads? I'm like, um, I guess. <laughs> so... I went to my local councilman. Uh, at that time, I lived in University Heights. I don't know if you're still familiar with that. Heck yeah. And um, it's, it's right um, near Cleveland Heights, between Cleveland Heights Shaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a plan. We talked to the recreation director, and we talked with uh, a couple of bike enthusiasts, enthusiasts and principal. There we go. Four months later, well, about, about, a, yeah, about a year later, um, we were able to pull off our first event. And that event um, is in its fifth year, or would have been in its fifth year today, this year. Um, all came from a mind of, at that time, a three-year-old. Wow. A three-year-old. Wow. So it, w- it was because of him, because I already have a daughter. When we were married, <clears throat> um, my wife had a daughter from a previous marriage, and she was five at the time. I was not a, I was, I did not have number one dad on my cup, you know, on my coffee cup at all. I tried to, I tried to raise and gear her like my father personally did me, but that's not what she needed or how she grew. So, I mean, oh my God, uh, junior high, junior high school, I swear, I swear alien took her and just brought her back about when she was like, like 25. I don't know, but it was bad. And through uh, my godson, 
um, I learned a little bit more, well, through her, actually, I'm sorry, I got a good foundation of what's the knots to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we know each, each child is different, but there is a, a basis and a foundation. And unfortunately, you know, and I apologize sometimes, but we made up since then. Um, she was, she was like a Cleveland team. You, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you, you move away from a bad team. <laughs> Yeah. And you go somewhere and win a championship. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, what are you? So, Unless LeBron comes on. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it, it helped me grow and I got more into being what a father should be, not just a um, controlling or trying to be or a strict, uh, you know, because I was trying to make her be something that I wasn't at the time. I mean, I had undiagnosed ADHD at the time. I mean, I didn't get diagnosed until I was 40 something. Um, so all the stuff I was telling her she should be doing or all this kind of stuff, I'm flying by night, you know. So there was not a lot of reciprocity there. There was not a lot of good examples. Um, but I had a friend of mine who, when I started doing a little bit of blogging, um, a friend of mine who used to live here in Cleveland, lives in Indianapolis now, he had started the Indianapolis Bats Group. We came, had a little play date with the kids, and he was like, hey, man, uh, you ever think about, you know, starting a dad's group? I was like, actually, yeah, but I don't know what to do. I don't have the time and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this group called City Dad Group, the City Dad's Group, had all everything in place to get a, a functioning group together and be part of a bigger picture. Um, so I got a chance to meet with the um, organizers, and in 2015, we became a, a dad's group. So it was going pretty well for a while. Um, it's a lot of hard work, you know. It, it's, it's hard work, especially when you work, uh, because there are, the, the dads really came out of a lot of stay-at-home dads. Um, and I didn't, have a, I didn't have a lot of those in my group. But uh, like I said, we got to do a little reboot, especially since COVID is here. We haven't really got a chance to do any activities or a dad's night out or anything like that. Um, but that, you know, that really, um, grew my passion in how can I come up with a better father, speaking with other men with similar situations or being a, um, a voice to young fathers that are experiencing something uh, that I went through and so forth. So it's, it's a great conglomeration of people all over this nation. I think we got like what, 37, 37 or 38 uh, groups around the country now. So we've all been through something. Yeah. You know, we've all been through something. And, that, and that's awesome that you would uh, reach out and make that network of people like that. I mean, it, you know, I think we could all admit, especially all of us dads could admit, it takes a village to raise our it does. kids. Um, and, it does. And in that village, we got to have brothers and sisters that we lean on and learn from one another. And I, I've told it many times, I don't know, I sat on Austin's bed and said, man, I'm screwing this up too. Like I've never done this before. And he's my oldest and my first. There's no book. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no manual here. They didn't give us that when we left the hospital. Um, so, you know, it, it, it honestly, I don't know how many times I had to tell him, man, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, and I had to mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry, because I thought I got that one right, but I didn't. And, and as, as a, a dad trying to do the best you can, you're going to make mistakes, especially when you've never done it before. And so Absolutely. having, having older parent or older dads or, or, um, husbands, um, brothers, friends, whatever it might be in those groups to be able to say, hey, put his arm around you and say, hey, here's how you do that or here's what I did. It makes that. It's huge. It makes a world of difference. And yep. 
you speak about apologies. I, you know, I remember me apologizing to my daughter profusely and one specific time we was at the breakfast table and um, I was eating, you know, my Fruit Loops or whatever and we was eating and I'm like super nervous, man. I'm like, oh my God, I'm apologizing to her. What if she don't like it and she don't like me no more? She don't care. She could ever run out. You know, I'm just, all this stuff is going through my head. And I go, I'm literally shaking, talking to my teenage daughter, okay? And I'm like, look, Bria, I, I just want to, I'm sorry. I really want to apologize. I was blah, blah, blah. I went down the road, you know, and she just looked up. She was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's it? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, done, I done stressed out for all this. And she's like, okay. And um, our relationship at this point, she's 26 now, I mean, it's wonderful. Um, right. Now we deal with the 26 year old issue, you know what I'm saying? But that, the life issues, but as in um, the bond and everything, it's, it's, it's never been better, which took a long way, but it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And kids give a lot of grace. Thank God for that. Um, Amen. Uh, they give us a lot of grace, and, and we got to do the same back, um, you know. But um, yeah, thank God that they give us a lot of grace. So, all right, next one, because I we got a lot. So I'm not rushing you through these points, but we got a lot to cover. Dude, <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk barbecue, because I know we exchanged a few messages, and I got my Ninja Foodie Grill, which I mentioned on uh-huh. earlier podcast. Uh, I'm locked in now. I'm locked in, and I'm, I'm so. Let, talk to me. Talk to me about barbecue. What we got? <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know about you a lot, but I remember when I was younger. You know, holidays. Uh, people come over. We have, you know, Fourth uh, of July and you know, all that kind of stuff. Labor Day. And who was manning the grill? My dad. You know, out there preparing the night before, getting food ready. Uh, you got a little sweat rag over, sweating over the hot coals, flipping those ribs, those burgers and everything. But, you know, the ending of it was to see how um, people love to eat. And, you know, I'm like, at a little bit, I said, like, oh, you know, when I grow up, I'm gonna have family one day, I'm gonna do that to my family. So yeah, I got my little grill. <laughs> burning up my food and you know <laughs> doing stuff like that or they sort of like it and I got a little better and it's something I don't know when or what it was I saw but then that, it was just something that clicked different I was like ah, I gotta be more than what I'm just doing this you know making a fight you know Eddie Murphy that's a fire you know, you know <laughs> I don't know how many people remember that but um, I, you know different types you know of, of how to I didn't know anything about Lois Lawyer. Everything was on hot grill, you know, turn, right. turn, whatever. Right. Um, so I started to to learn more about that and my love for it grew as the people that I was feeding saw the difference and loved it more. Right. Um, there's nothing better than to fix something and to put your heart and soul into it and stay like, you know, they just can't, you know, they can't express how they like it or, you know, and it's <clears throat> one thing I did learn, excuse me, Everybody's not gonna like my style, my yeah. recipe. <clears throat> I mean, that's why they got Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's. They all make burgers, but they all make it a different way. <clears throat> so I had to learn that one. But it just became a passion, you know. Then I started getting to find people like you know the Myron Mixes of the world, um, watching competition shows, seeing how the low and slow process started. You know, upgrade my equipment, and then. 
you know, from there, they just went, ah, started selling dinners after people, you know, maybe you should try it out. Okay, started doing that. And it's like, well, this may fly. So, you know, I don't want to, I work in the steel mill industry now and who we just got sold and bought. So we never know how that's going to work out. Hmm. But um, I'm like, you know, I, I started in there late. Uh, I don't want to stay there forever. So I want to have something to, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I had enough of y'all. I'm getting out of here. I want to have something that I can do. And that's going to, you know, be barbecue. So I started just a little, you know, a little side hustle. I can do it when I can. Um, but it is, it, it, it is my passion. Um, I love it. My wife helps me out when, when we cook. That's a, you know, pretty exciting thing there. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, I can do it all day if, if I could. So, um, you know, we try to do a little catering events. We had a couple so far. Um, I do, you know, ribs are my thing, man. I mean, it's gonna be the best ribs you ever tasted. Even if you don't think it's the best ribs you ever tasted, it's the best <laughs> ribs you ever tasted. Um, you know, so I do like those type of sales and different things like that. You know, I, I do basically Texas style, which is, you know, the dry rub. Um, and a little low and slow and a little hot and fast, but I always got a little Cleveland kick in there. So um, just not straight Texas style, just a little something different in there, which I, you know, I, I tend to call the Cleveland kick and, kick and um, Cleveland twist rather. And if I tell you, uh, we had to stop this broadcast, I'd be in Columbus <laughs> and you would never, never be seen again. So All right. we'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing, man. I, I, food, it's a common denominator and it heals so many things. Um, it heals so many things. So I, I like that something that I put something into makes people happy, you know? Yeah. So that's where Carter's Barbecue, that's where that came from. Carter's Barbecue. Before we get off, I want to get all the links for everything you're talking about. Um, and because uh, I want to share those out. So anybody in Cleveland, Carter's Barbecue is my guy. Get some Cleveland ribs with some Texas flavor. Yeah, that's right. That was a commercial. Cool. You could sell that. I could sell that. <laughs> Look, I'm going to rewind that and put that on there. I'm like, yeah. Just don't use my face. Just use the sound. <laughs> use the sound. It'd be over if they show the face. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's transition. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to get serious for, for a minute. Um, so you and I grew up in, in Cleveland. We I call it Cleveland. We grew up in Bedford. Yeah. Um, suburb of. A suburb of and uh, a diverse city. Uh, I All I've ever known, Darren. And, and um, so when I look at the world today, actually, pause, let me go back. Everything you've ever done, and I've always appreciated, you've always been on the next thing. You've always had uh, an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I know it was tech and blogs and you've done a lot of things and it sounds like you really found your lane with barbecue. And I didn't want to get away from that without mentioning you, you, you found your lane. And I know if there's another thing, you'll find your lane again. You you constantly do that, and I, I appreciate it about you. Okay. Back you know, you, hey, and when the tech space, especially with the blogs, when I started out, who did I call? <laughs> I <don't laughs> Mr. <know>. Aaron Conrad. <clears throat> I was yeah. like, hey, what's this? You know, WordPress and this and that. And you, you, that you helped me, uh, you know, start out and get out there, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it was fun, and and um, you know, it this, this seems to be the next thing for me, so. It may last a day or two. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah. all right, back to Bedford. So we grew up in Bedford, diverse city. Um, 
uh, you know, man, it's, it's all I've ever known. And I've never, I look at the world today and I don't understand it um, because I don't, I don't understand it. I, I understand a world where you and I can have a podcast and talk like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't look at each other any other way than two guys talking like I would anywhere else. And I just, I don't know if I was raised that way or if I was raised in a culture that that was way that that was that way or a time that was that way. I don't, I can't answer that question, but um, what, what do you think? Cause you know, we, we were raised in the same place. What, what do you see today? Um, and, and what do you think? Raised in the same way, but a different experience. <clears throat> um, True. We were we were like what 60 40 white black I think our class particularly I think was like 60 40 or yeah you know 55 45 something like that but we still more effort at that particular time was still more white than black um, and there was a division there you know you you had a middle ground which like kind of you were part of and other people were kind of part of um, but just like everything else we had a little bit more middle than than extreme. I think now we have more extremes than than middle, um, but it was it was there. It was there sometimes, not as much as as what we saw in children. Oh, but their parents, totally, totally, totally different. <clears throat> um, we, I never forget. I mean, we had somebody move out on our street because they felt that it was too many black folks on our street now. You know, out in Bedford. Um, school back in the 80s, it was, you know, who didn't like Prince? Who didn't like Michael Jackson? I mean, <laughs> they were, you know, you see what I'm saying? But, you know, but then there was the, <clears throat> the hip hop was still kind of coming of age at that particular time. You know, then you had the heavy metal rockers over there, the Metallica and the Guns N' Roses and so forth over there. Um, but you still had that angst for, for white and black. Um, it just, it may just not have been as prevalent to you um, because you had that big, you had that big middle ground. Yeah. And if you're not in that process of thinking that way or was raised that way, it doesn't really, it doesn't really connect. Um, but even like me being, you know, I always call myself that I wasn't a popular when I was like the 1A. If, I, if nobody popular was in class, they'd talk to me. But if somebody was, then I was like back in the back or something. Um, but I was, you know, still sort of in the middle. But it, I can, you can see being a person of color, actually seeing all that was coming around you, maybe not understanding at the time. Um, but yeah, there was, there was divisiveness. There was, you know, there was some craziness. Yeah. But what makes it worse is now we're, you know, in our, <coughs> you know, twenties, like twice, but you know, or something. You know, we're we're half century old now. Yeah. And the people that we went to school with, I've had to un un to, to unfriend, unlock, to delete, or whatever, because the visualness of what has happened since 2016, um, when uh, former President Barack Obama was, you know, not 16, I was 08. I'm sorry. When all that started back in 08, you know, the the, the venom, the hatred, the visual, just I'm like, is that how you thought about me back then? I thought we was cool. I thought we was cool. For you to be yeah. that way meant that you didn't give a shit honey iced tea about me this way. 
Um, so current events leading up from here have really, I guess everybody just wants to be transparent, whether that's good or or, or bad. I mean, but we weren't bad. We had issues, yes. Um, did we not get along? Of course we got along, especially doing some sports. I mean, man, we was cool. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we 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 were good folks mostly all the way around. But did we have to encounter that? Some of us more than others? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When we would go to the mall, you know, Randall Park Mall, um, it, here again, sometimes it was the kids, little side-nosed kids, and or you know, the parents, you know, when we we're hanging around, the way they look, the way they put, we, you know, as even as little people, young people, teenagers, we notice that stuff. So why, why are you pulling your, your child closer to you when you're walking past us? We just die your children. What, what, what's your problem? You know, I remember, I don't know if you know, Rob Greider, uh, me, him, Lamar Dillingham, a couple others one day, um, we were walking towards the pool, you know, shorts on, we're in high school. We got our all we all we got on is a towel and our swim trunks because we go and swim, you know. <laughs> and the police come because somebody said that with a bunch of, you know, boys out there making a lot of noise around the houses, you know, like a little gang or something. So we get rolled on, and I'm like, you know, we, you know, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to go to jail. What's wrong? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, right. you know what I'm saying, right. but. They was like, well, they said something about some kids doing something. I said, man, we going to, we're going to swimming. I mean, what are we doing? We going swimming. Now, yeah. could we have been loud? <laughs> we're teenagers, man. I mean, come on. Right, right. You know, I mean, we're outside, walking in the street. Well, so, yeah. And this this is probably a loaded question that could probably lead to a, an entirely another podcast. Um, but I, And I don't remember the quote, and I wish I really could off the top of my head. Um, there's nothing on the top of my head, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, but <laughs> it's clean. Uh, no, I, uh, I, there's a quote and I don't remember what it was, but I, it's powerful. And that is, um, and I really believe that even of myself in the eighties, we wanted to be, you mentioned it. We loved Prince. We all wanted to be Michael Jackson. We love the culture of hip hop and pop and, and all that, but we didn't, I don't know that I understood the depth of what you just said. When I went to the pool, I went to the pool. I didn't ever get stopped because of the color of my skin. But I, so, so I don't know, and I'm, I'm just making this up on, as I go, it's unscripted and I'm on the fly, but I think that's where the, some disconnect is, is I, even today's kids, man, they love Kanye. They love Drake. They love, um, right. But, but, you know what I mean? They love the culture. Yeah. They love the music. They love the styles. They love the clothes, the shoes, the gear. But I don't know that any of us understand. Just because I listen to um, My Mind is Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys, I can't understand what they were talking about. Or Public Enemy, for that matter. You, we both love Public Enemy. I can't listen to P.E. It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back and claim that I understand what it's like to live in that world. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think so Absolutely. many times we, we, I think we as, as, a, as a, a white man, I think I've listened to that and feel like I have some kind of understanding when I don't understand <laughs> that. I don't worry about being pulled over. I don't worry about going to the pool, swimming with my friends. And, and is, is it fair for us to say that that is a massive disconnect? It is, 
And I got fired from the pool once when I worked at the pool because somebody said they thought they saw me smoking weed. I ain't never smoked a joint in my life up to that point. And still, not to this day either. Wait, there was an up to that point. So I, I, had, I, had to change, I had to change that and clarify. There still, I have not had the weed. It's all good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> it was medical. But purpose. yeah. And it was some parent who they never, I mean, my father was realistic. Um, and I went that next day to get a drug test to get my job back. My, so, you know, I remember my pastor saying, you should have sued those people. <laughs> I mean, but they just, they took the word of somebody who was of a lighter hue than me. And all I do that summer, y'all kids, stay in schools, especially the kids that look like me. Y'all don't need to be doing this. And people knew that, you know, y'all don't need to be doing this drug stuff, y'all blah, blah, blah. And now you gonna say, y'all caught me? down the maintenance room, smoking some weed with some other, now the other dude smoked weed. I, I was never around him when he did it, you know, or whatever. Just at his own personal time. So yeah, they let me go. Got the job back though, because once I brought up there with that, that test, you know, my father did say some nice things, but you know. But, <clears throat> and this is where, and of course, no offense to, to anyone, but this is where people get offended when that disconnect is, the privilege of being white. And people, oh no, white people, I have no white privilege. I've I worked, I did, my parents. That's not the type of privilege we're talking about. Um, what you experience is a privilege that I don't have. Right. You don't have to worry about, like you said, when you get pulled over by police. I mean, I, I hear stories, you know, from people in Bedford and the older people that I grew up with, yeah, the police, I threw that ticket in his face. Can you imagine me throwing a ticket? We would not be having this conversation yeah. if I threw a ticket in a cop's face. Yeah. Um, just the things, because you are of a different hue and there's a different mindset about who we are as people of color, that is a privilege we don't have. That is not to say that you ain't worked for what you got, that you ain't had it hard, that things haven't been rough for you. But if we go down the line, if you and I, and we have a 750 credit score, and we both go in the bank, I guarantee your interest rate will be lower than mine. Mm. It will. And that's how it's always been. And then, you know, from the red line, from all of that, from Jim Crow, there has been systematically things put in place to make things more difficult than for you. So, you know, you can go to any black family in our day, you got to study. You got to be the best. You got to do this. You got to do that. Well, why? Why can't I just, I mean, this is hard. Why do I got to be the best? Which, unfortunately, I wasn't. But why do I have to be the best? Because our best is still worse than your mediocre mm. when it comes to opportunity. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, that's, that's the, antithesis of the privilege. It's not that nobody didn't work to get what they get and all this kind of stuff. It's the things that, like you said, you don't understand. There's the disconnect. That disconnect is that privilege that you didn't ask to have, but you do. I didn't ask to have, but it is. And that's the kind of society that we live in. And, to, and unfortunately, today's, in today's society, it has, I don't know what it was like, um, you know, we were born in the late 60s. I don't know what it was like um, back then during the civil rights, uh, but this is as tense as I've ever 
about that. I, I wrote a Facebook post a couple of days ago. I was like, you know, after all this stuff, 2020, uh, but anyway, <laughs> everything that's been going on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I didn't watch it, I just seen the highlights because I thought it turned out to what I thought it was going to be. Um, but the presidential debate, um, the, the, the scripture comes to mind, put no trust in man, basically, <clears throat> but in the Lord, trust your Lord in all your heart. And I said that scripture, Psalms, I think it's 118 and 18 and 8, 118 and 8, it just, it is so alive to me now because my uh, faith in humanity is at an all time low, all time low. Um, and then I realized I'm going to have to protect my family at any cost. And, um, or as Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. But, um, it, because it's, it's, it's dark, you know, <clears throat> there are things that we still move on and kind of navigate through. But since 2008, it has been deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And these last four years, um, four to six years have just exploded. You know, <clears throat> we would always say, um, when we hear people talk about different things regarding us, there's, that's the dog wrist right there. They're saying something without saying, you know. Now, <laughs> and no more dog whistles. They no. just. Yeah, I, I think of uh, when I watched the presidential debate, the debate and I, I, I'll say this because I think it applies to both. Um, I think of the coach, uh, Dennis Green. I think he was with the Vikings when he said it, but at that post game when he said they are who we thought they are, they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I watched the debates and I said, they are who we thought they were. And take with that what you want. I, I'm not making a political statement. I, I don't, whatever. They are Do who we know. Yeah. But I go back to, I say that because, forget the politics, I don't want to get into it. But I say that because when I looked at Facebook and saw the same friends that you mentioned back when we started this conversation, my thought was they are who we thought they were. Um, What this has done is brought a spotlight to what people thought, what what most of us knew. Now we don't have to question anymore uh, where you stand when it comes to this this thing. And you know what, man, and and let me say this. I pray to God that if anybody sees anything I say, they I hope I'm not coming off anything more than what I what I do believe, and that is, you and I have never seen each other any other way than than just us. We're brothers. We're brothers. Absolutely. And, and um, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, man. I, I you know I live in this, but I, I let me take one other step too. You said, here's where I think I get tripped up. I see white privilege. I hear the word white privilege, and and I'm not that bright. You know that. So my first thought is. Um, that means I have a silver spoon in my mouth. Well, I, would, I, I grew up in Bedford too. I, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth, not to sound like New Jack City, <laughs> Miss Hawkins. Um, no, but Ms. I, I didn't, Hawkins. I didn't have a, a, a silver spoon. My, my parents worked really, really hard and, and they taught me to work really, really hard. I'm not privileged, but that's that word when you just explained it. And I see that differently now. I understand that differently now. I am privileged. I'm absolutely blessed in many ways. I would even go so far as to say because I haven't had to walk in those shoes um, that you have, even though we grew up in the same town. Um, 
I, I don't know if so maybe privilege isn't the right word for me because I'm not that bright. Maybe well, I don't think it's I don't think it's the right word. I don't think it's the right word in general. Um, but you know, it's 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 like Black Lives Matter. Uh, somebody's going to come and say all lives matter. Yeah, we know it do it does, but you know we know the parable of Christ and the shepherd as a sheep. She takes over the flock, but when that one goes astray, that flock is not right. He has to still go get that one sheep, and he leaves the flock, gets the sheep, so everybody can be whole. That's all we're saying. That's all that people are saying. Um, so it's not about somebody's life is more important than others, but when you have an issue with one sector of it, let's just fix it. Yeah. So we can all 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 be whole. So anything, you know, anything that someone says when it is always a counteract somewhere black lives matter no all lives matter you know you know well if we change the word from privilege it's going to be something you know what i'm saying it, it'll be something it'll be something else um you know well we we think that there's too much you know violence from cops to, to unarmed black people well, what about black on black crime it, it's always a it's always a rebuttal let's just deal with it and black on black crime is crime it's no different. You got white crime. That's crime. So why isn't that white on white crime? It's crime. People have people get crime and they do the time. But here again, this is where that privilege comes in with and systematically to where it's not geared to help <coughs> lower income and or people of color. And, and what trips me out is that um, you know, white people that are lower income don't get that some of the rules that are against us are against them as well. This <laughs> is against them as well. So sometimes they go against their own interests in some things. Um, but, the, you know, it's, it's a bigger class issue, you know, and there's a color issue in it. You know, the, the color thing is just a construct. I mean, what? I, it wasn't around since what? I think the early 50s, 60s? Uh, just because to... to you know, to block people on different things. Dude, we all human. I believe red, you believe, well, you probably believe blue, but you know. Carolina blue, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but we are all, we're all God's children, built the same way. We have different experiences and our experience in America is just different from any other, any other person that have come here. We are the only group of people, people of color that were brought here. And that's, that, separates everything we're not immigrants as some texas books say you know we are immigrants looking for work no we weren't immigrants looking for work and no we weren't happy just because we were singing songs we were taken from one place and brought to another and here's the thing i just with me today is america is a great country it could be so much better how by inclusiveness I swear, man, if we were just all equal, we would be Wakanda in this place. <laughs> I swear. Because there have been so many lives that have been cut short. There are so many ideas that are in the grave because somebody thought they were better than you because of what they look like. Yeah. You know, there's so much potential that was lost because of we wanted to be better than you or control you or do this. So our experience is different from anybody else that came over on any other boat, you know, with two dollars in their hand and build it whatever no 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 no. 
That's totally different. And because of how we came here and what we did here is the only reason our country is as prosperous as it was so fast. So, it's and, and we're here. We we live here. We work here. We do here. We do here. You know, ain't nobody going back nowhere. Because most of us, you know what I'm saying? But the point is, you know, you have to deal with family hurts. You have to deal with those things that nobody talks about. You can't just wash them away. How are you ever going to learn from that? How are you just going to say this never happened? Oh, I beat you up 2000. I beat you up last year. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You got to forget that. Oh, but this scar and this handy, you know, now I got a broken arm and I can't do what I used to can do because of that, but I'm not going to forget it. My life is forever changed. Right. There needs to be, an, there needs to be, and this is, I think this is where it's hard for the rubber meet the road, in my opinion. And of course, all these views are not maybe established by Darren Conrad in the 101 podcast, but, <laughs> you know, um, where the rubber does not meet the road is that if people really say and admit, oh, well, yeah, that's messed up, man. But we did, that was wrong. And no, I can't make up for what my ancestors did. I worked hard, but yeah, that was pretty messed up. How do we deal with this? Now they're accountable. Who wants to be accountable? And that's the problem. Because now if you know, if, if you recognize it, you know, oh, there's no systematic racism. Oh, there, y'all need to forget about that. That was, uh, that was, you know, 400 years ago. So 400 years from now, can we tell you, and I'm just saying this in conversation, say, can we tell you to forget 9-11? Hmm. They're gonna, I mean, I bet you somebody now just turned me off. <laughs> just, sorry, I hope I didn't lose a subscriber from you. But I'm just using that in, in context. I don't want to forget nothing. You see what I'm saying? Right. This is just for conversational purposes. So how that may sting somebody, if I were to say that with them in all seriousness, still reverence to the state because we have everlasting PSD from 400 years of, of, of being here working outside, I mean, outside of our own will. And then the things that were taught during that time, all those things, it takes time to get that stuff out. We're still living through that. That's why we're not a monolith. That's why you got people that think this way, black culture. That's why you got people, people think that way. You got fighting amongst themselves, just like anybody else. Um, but there are ways that were imparted to us that have been detrimental to the growth of the black community, the people of color, because of slavery. And then when you get out of slavery and there was reconstruction and you go to Jim Crow, and, I mean, redlining, it's just been one thing after the other. So we were just about to be born some years later when, when black people really got the right to vote. That's in our, our, our span of a generation. And I ain't been that long ago. The civil rights movement, man, it was, <laughs> That wasn't that long ago, 50 yeah. years or so. That's a person's that's a person's life. So are we supposed to like be all right now? Because we had a, a you know a black president or so, a person of color as president? I guess not, because that was really wrong. That was that was the wrong thing to do, it seemed like, because now everything is that's when people when I really saw, for me personally, when I really saw, you know, people whether you're Democratic or Republican, you know, people always do their things. It doesn't matter. 
you know, when it was Bill Clinton and George Bush, they went back and, you know what I'm saying, they did their job, blah, 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 blah. But the visceral and the venom that was thrown starting in 2008 was totally different. It was vicious. You know, it was vicious. And that has just exploded uh, up to this point today. So, yeah. And it continues to this day. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not making a political statement. You can say what you want about the president, and clearly people do. Uh, but I agree with you. And I was on with, uh, I have a, not that I'm pumping my own podcast, but uh, I was on with a guy that was in country music uh, during the Dixie. He actually opened for the Dixie Chicks. And, and I pointed out, and I've brought this up so many times because I'm still blown away by it. The Dixie Chicks were ruined as a career. They'll never be the same because they said, we're embarrassed from our, of our president because he's from Texas in London not in the United States. They were in, in London. London. I, I, I remember that. And they said, we're embarrassed of the president because he's from United, because he's from Texas. And they were destroyed. Can you imagine? That is a, that's a punchline nowadays. Like that. Absolutely. Nothing. It's nothing. And as you said, it started in 2008. And we, we could, and I, I don't, I don't want to cut it off at all. I hate to do that because we could talk all night. And I think that in, therein lies, our best days is when we can talk all night. And I can hear that that when you say the word white privilege, it means this and not a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, I can hear that, um, you know, all, all the things you've said, I, 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 I can hear those. And I, I can hear that you said, um, you know, you may lose some subscribers, somebody just logged off. I don't care. Cause I'm not, I'm not doing this. So people, I have a big subscription, you know, I'm not, that's not why I do this. I do this. Cause I want to know your story. I want to know, I want to understand how we get to better days. Cause if we can't, if we can't get this right, we're not going to have better days and my kids deserve them. And your, I mean, we deserve to hand this thing off to the next generation in better way than we found it. And we're not doing it because we're too busy fighting. No. So, yeah. you know, that, that's where my head is. And this is, it's my my podcast, and I'll <laughs> rant if I want to. <laughs> no, I just lost yeah. half of the people that, that were listening, but no, I mean, I, I mean that, I, you know, Darren. And it's we need to have more conversations, and I I, I hate that we you know we're gonna cut it off because I want to have another one. I want to do this again, and, and I want to start here and pick it up, and then keep this conversation going because maybe there's someone that's listening that was driving in their car or on a run or on a walk or watching it on YouTube, wherever they may find this media and go wow i didn't i didn't think about that and pause for just a minute to say i gotta be better i gotta do better it doesn't matter what what, what color that may be who that is they think you know what i gotta listen better i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta let my voice be heard better i don't know that's that's where i'm at i think that we're not going to get anywhere until we do that and i just want to see better days i always when things like this happen people of color, men of color get done down, you know, by police or vigilantes or whatever. And something, I was like, you know, people go crazy. They always, it's always seen as somebody should have never done or this or that or whatever. And people just go and attack the person that was killed. I don't, you know, I had a friend of mine tell me when uh, George Floyd uh, died in that situation was killed, murdered. Um, I used to say kill, but he, he, he was murdered. Um, well, we're not sure that he he died like that. 
first of all, aren't you just even upset that somebody who has power use that power to be abusive to somebody else? Anyway, let's just take out everything else. You're not disturbed by that? So my question is, why aren't you disturbed by that? Why? Well, you know, so a quick story. Now, you know me, obviously up to my high school years, we've communicated throughout our, our adult life. <laughs> but my cars, what was it, my battery? No, it was my uh, alternator or something went down. We were, me and my wife, trying to have some fun in Columbus. Car went down. <laughs> Uh, hey, Aaron. <laughs> you know, you, you, and your Welcome wife, guest. tell her, tell her, I'm out of way. Tell her, kiss for me. Hello. Um, <laughs> Welcome, guest, man. Yeah, it, you invited me in, and, and we have that type of relationship. We don't have to talk. We could not talk for now in five years, but I know in my heart, if I needed something or it was something that I knew that I would have no hesitation to call, vice versa, and we could do it for each other. And that's just how it is. So, you would say I'm a nice guy, right? Pretty laid back. Sure. All right. So, quick story. <clears throat> I had just got my CC. This is about five years ago. Just got my CCW. Um, I used to drive my pastor. Uh, I would go pick him up, drive him to church, right? So he lived out in Aurora at the time. <clears throat> this was a Sunday morning. Me and Teresa got into it for whatever reason. Not like you know, fussy. I mean, it was just fussy, fussy. She got on my nerves. I got on her nerves. Leaving the house, driving down the highway. So that rolled over because I guess my pastor had a bad morning. So we had a bad morning. I'm like, you know what? So he got his car. I got in my car. And we were just hopefully going to make it to church and just make a better day, right? I can't remember why, but I, I, we driving down next thing. And I'm in Soda at this point. Yeah. So I get, I get pulled over. Um, I know since I have my CCW, <clears throat> put those hands up on the wheel, you know, have them on the wheel, don't touch nothing, come out, you, you tell them that you have a CCW. But I forget, <clears throat> in all that was going on, it was a perfect storm. I was flustered, I was frustrated, everything. And the way I was carrying my, my, um, my firearm, I really, it felt more like my wallet and my firearm. So I had really just do all that. Okay. I don't have my, I don't have my, you know, I don't have my gun on. Okay. So I lean back in the car because I'm like this, you know. So I lean back and I'm like, so he goes, gets to whatever, writes the ticket. So this time my hands are out the window. Before he gets, I had it floored a 96 Ford Explorer at the time. <clears throat> and I'm like, sir, sir, this is before he gets to, you know, they're pretty, they're not long, but they're longer in the car. You know what I'm saying? And explore. Before he even gets to the back of the, of the truck, I'm like, sir, I apologize. I, I didn't tell you correctly. Bad day. I do have my firearm with me. Not even three seconds, he pulls, runs up to the car, right in my face. Get out of the car. Get out the even of the car. I'm like, my hands are still in. I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I've just had a bad day. <clears throat> I, 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 I forgot to tell you. I just want to tell you before you came back, before you came up here. He went ballistic on me. He pulled me out the car. <clears throat> and at that point, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm starting to talk back because my day had just exploded. 
it was, it just was what it was. So by that time, some other people came, you know, people calm down, calm down. How you gonna tell me to calm down? This man put a gun in my face. He had it, he's shaking, got the gun in my face, could have killed me. I could have been a hashtag and all the people would know me is that he resisted or he didn't tell the cop that he had a gun. So he may have wanted to shoot him. My name would never be what my name should be if that would have happened. You know, you think I got an apology? Yeah. No. No, we got charged in, in everything over a mistake. Now, he could have had a bad day, too. But I always say that story to tell people, we never know. You know, I know cops never know what they're going into. We never know what the cops are, have, gone, you know, have gone through. But there has to be something to buffer that. Yeah. I just thank God that that guy didn't have a hand. If you trick your finger, or I, you and I would not have had this conversation. And at that time, there were no hashtags, so I just would have been somebody, and they would have said here again that he resisted, or it would have been made, you know, it would have made me look like I was doing something egregious, which, you know, I forgot to tell the man something. And I gave the man particular distance and stance and no threat whatsoever, you know, to, to do what I needed to do, but that still happened. But now those opportunities indifferently, which is unfortunate. And that's what I'm afraid of. I got a boy, I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of my godsons. You know, there, I got one, you know, that you remember he's 10 now and he's rambunctious, he's 10. I got a 27 year old trying to, you know, <laughs> raise his family, but he's still, you know, he still like to do some street stuff. You know, not negative, just do go to party or do this, do that. And I, it scares me. It 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 scares me because I, you know, because it's not in their our current situation is not in their best interest. Yeah, not 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 in their best interest. Yeah. Well, man, we could we could do this all night, um, and I, I think there's a lot more stories that you can tell than I can. Which is the point, right? Isn't that the point? Um, we got a lot to learn, and um, just yeah. be willing. That's all. Uh, from my perspective, to anybody I talk to, and I always like when, like I said, when things come out, I invite people. If you if you want to talk, let's talk. You know, I consider myself to be a reasonable person. I know everything is not just black and white. There's gray there. Um, and you know, come let us reason together, and just hear me out. You know, hear it out differently from somebody not screaming down your throat or this and that. And understanding a little bit more of everything has a little bit more wisdom. You know, if you would have asked me that when I was 25, 30, you know, I was I was you know fight the power. So that's not the one you want to talk to. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> it's a different, you know, a, a, a different scene and uh, thing, but it's it's just have the conversation. And if, and if you do have the conversation and it resonates, share it. Because it's not going to change as much for me talking to that person. It's going to change from that person going into their churches, going into their homes, going into their communities, and then talking and getting that spread around. If that happens, we, we would be in a much better place. Um, so, you know. Man, we covered a lot of ground. Um, and we still got a lot of ground to cover. And uh, we'll have to do this again. And maybe yes, even after that. Uh, we haven't even talked about, man, there's a lot to talk about. I'm not even gonna start because it'll just keep 
keep rolling. But uh, I got some more Bedford folk coming on. Um, good, good. It's gonna be fun, man. I'm, I'm, uh, but I'm. You were the first guy that uh, that I went out to, and because <laughs> you're my. I guy. can't wait to see the rest. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your friendship all these years. Uh, your your grace, uh, even in this conversation. You know, I I don't know what I'm talking about, and you you, you extended grace to me to listen to um, the words that I might say, and. Uh, you know, and hope, hopefully we can learn from one another. Uh, and that extends beyond just this call. Um, so uh, I, I love you as a brother, always have. Um, I'm just thankful that, that you were on tonight and, and uh, we will do this again very soon, I promise. Please do, I, I, I've been, I had this circle, but I was waiting for this day. Good. <laughs> I was waiting for this day. Good, well, it's, you know. It's I, good to see your face and talk to you and everything, sir. Very much yeah, so. well, let's do it again soon. Uh, we'll, in the meantime, keep on touch, keep in touch on social media as always. But uh, appreciate you. I know this audience is going to appreciate you, and we'll do this again soon and pick up where we left off because the conversation is not over. And I don't want to run it off because honestly, we could talk all night. Um, I, I also don't want to get us to, to get cut off on this recording. <laughs> right. So, so the conversation is not over, and it won't be over until till we find better days. And so uh, let's pick up this conversation again soon, man. Absolutely, sir. All right, brother. Love you. Talk to you. Take care. Bye.